Thank you for downloading the weekly sermon from Trinity Reformed Church in Bloomington, Indiana. To find more great content, please check out our website at trinityreformed.org. Enjoy the sermon. Well, good morning, everybody. So if you've been here for a few weeks, we know that during this uh, Advent time, the pastors are preaching particularly to the children, right? If you grown-ups want to listen, you can. But I'm going to be talking mainly to the children. So I've got to, I've got to see the children here. Okay, we've got some on the front row. What are you doing all the way over there? If you're going to sit on the front row, you might as well sit on the front row. <laughs> okay, fine. <laughs> I'll, I'll, I'll pay attention to you. So, the Bible, kids, the Bible's really weird. Did you know that? The Bible's really weird. What are the kids, what are the weirdest things that you can think of from the Bible? Yep. The book of Revelation is weird. Well, it may not be as weird as you think, but that's another story. Okay? What else? Come on, guys. What's weird? Just call it out. Nephilim are weird. Yes, indeed. What else? I heard somebody over here. Is that you? Talking Talking animals are weird. Remember the, the donkey? Huh? People teleporting are weird. Remember Philip? Miracles are weird. What did you say? Witches are weird. Yes, indeed. What else? What did you say? Did you say giants? Yes. Giants are weird. Like Goliath? Oh, come on, you guys. You can do better than this. Angels are weird. But we'll get to that in a minute. The Trinity is weird. It really is. Now, Christmas is weird. Mr. Chance. Christmas is weird. What's weird about Christmas? Think about it. You've got prophets who tell you what's going to happen, but hundreds of years before it happens. Is that weird? Yeah. You've got this star. You've got like these wise men or magicians or wizards or something. Right? You've got a virgin birth. So you kids need to go home and ask your parents what's so weird about that. You're welcome. The weirdest thing about Christmas is the Lord God Almighty does what? Hmm? Yeah, but... His Son is the Lord God Almighty. And what does His Son do? He becomes a baby. For crying out loud, this is the weirdest thing in the world. Isn't it? So listen, kids, let me tell you a little secret, all right? Ready? 
You ready for the secret? Okay. We grown-ups can't handle very much weird stuff. We don't like it. We grown-ups are kind of embarrassed by all this weird stuff. We think that weird stuff is hard to believe. We think that if we believe weird stuff, okay, this is really hard to understand, but we think that if we believe weird stuff, people will think we're weird. And that's the last thing in the world we want to be, is weird. But here's the problem. If we're going to be Christians, we have to believe in lots and lots of really weird stuff. Everything that you said is in the Bible. And some of the weirdest stuff is at the heart of the Bible. Right? Like Jesus becoming a man. A baby. Like God creating the world in six days just by saying words. Like Jesus rising from the dead. Is that weird? Yeah. It's at the, right at the heart of everything the Bible is about. And so, it's hard to understand. It's not normal. And grown-ups have a hard time with things that aren't normal, right? But you kids have an advantage over us because you, you have a much easier time believing things that are weird, okay? So this is why kids, this is why you like all the good stories, Okay? So kids, you like stories like, um, there are these old stories, right? Like uh, Beauty and the Beast. You ever, you ever read that book? Or watched the movie? Uh, Snow White. Uh, Jack and the Beanstalk. There's nothing weird about Jack and the Beanstalk, is there? See, you like those kinds of stories. Now those stories actually are make-believe, you know, more or less. But the Bible is true. The Bible is actually true. Even though it's weird, even though it's strange, even though it really is just filled with all kinds of strange things, it is completely true. It's not just a story. Because the real world, the world that we live in, kids, the world that God actually made... The real world really is weird. It is very strange. So last week we learned from Pastor Weeks about the shepherds. Remember that? Who came to the shepherds? An angel came to the shepherds, right? And not just one angel, but it says in Luke 2, we just read it a minute ago, suddenly there was with the angel... What? Right. Good. You got your words in, Carson. A multitude of the heavenly hosts. Now, do you all know what multitude means? A lot. A whole lot. A huge lot. <laughs> what? You're not a kid. You can't say anything. Okay, a huge, huge lot of what? 
It says, a multitude of the heavenly host. Now, kids, what do you, what do you think of when you hear the word host? Yep. yep. So he said, when you go over to someone's house for dinner, you've got the, right, the man and the woman of the house, you've got the host, and the woman is what? The hostess. So is there a multitude of the heavenly hostesses? Is that what that word means? No. What this word means, actually, is armies. Armies. The word host means army. So this is the multitude of the heavenly army which means that God has an army. Did you know that God had an army? Yes. Okay. 1 Kings chapter 22, we get, little, we get little pictures of this, especially in the Old Testament, okay? And in 1 Kings chapter 22, there's a prophet named Micaiah. And he said, Therefore hear the word of the Lord. I saw the Lord sitting on his throne, and all the host of heaven standing by him on his right and on his left. Can you imagine what that must have looked like? The angels, the, the, the armies of God standing around the Lord and around his throne. Nehemiah says, Oh, may your glorious name be blessed and exalted above all blessing and praise. You alone are the Lord. You have made the heavens, the heavens, the heaven of heavens with all their hosts. The earth and all that's on it, the seas and all that's in them, you give life to all of them, and the heavenly host bows down before you. All the armies of God bow down before him. Are any of you kids uh, reading the Bible reading plan that we're doing right now as a church? Some of you are reading this as a family? And we're, we're in Joshua, and there's a place in Joshua chapter 5 where they're about to attack, remember which city? Anyone remember? It's Jericho. And right before they attack Jericho, because God told them to do this, there's a, Joshua sees a man standing out there. Do you remember what he sees? It's a man with a sword. Here's what it says. He saw a man standing opposite him with a sword drawn in his hand, and Joshua went to him and said to him, Are you for us or for our adversaries? Right? Whose side are you on? What are you doing here? You on our side or are you on their side? And he said, No, rather, I indeed come now as captain of the host of of the Lord. He's the captain of, of God's army, God's heavenly army. And Joshua fell on his face to the earth and bowed down and said to him, what is my Lord to say to his servant? And the captain of the Lord's host said to Joshua, remove your sandals from your feet for the place where you're standing is holy. And Joshua did so. So in, do any of you know who this captain of the Lord's army is? Who do you kids think this is? It is? It, 
It's not Gabriel. He bows down before him, and the, the captain says, take off your shoes, you're on holy ground. What does this mean? This is God. This is the Son of God. This is Jesus before he became a little baby in Bethlehem. And what he is standing there ready to lead the charge against the whole land of Canaan that God told them to take. Standing there with a sword. This is Jesus himself. Jesus is the captain of that whole army. All right? One of the most common names for God in the Old Testament is Lord of Hosts. Ever heard that name? That means Lord of Armies, right? This is what God calls himself over and over again in the Bible. He really wants us to understand this. He has an army. How many of you kids uh, have memorized the hymn, A Mighty Fortress is Our God? All right? You want to do a little, you want to, can I test you? I'm going to say a line and you guys say the next line. Don't repeat what I said, but say the next line. Okay? A mighty fortress is our God, a bulwark never failing. Oh, come on. For still our ancient foe doth seek to work us woe. On earth is not his equal. Now, now the next part. Did we in our own strength confide our striving would be losing? You ask who that may be? Christ Jesus, it is He. And? Right. So, what does that mean, Lord Sabaoth, His name? That's weird. What does that mean? Any of you kids know what that means? You, you memorized it? I thought Mr. Pinckney or somebody told you what this meant. Did you tell them what this meant? Okay. I don't know. Anyone know? Dr. Talman, do you know? <laughs> it just means Lord of hosts. It just means Lord of armies. Okay, so this is a hymn that we sing that God is our fortress and He's going to protect us. And He's the Lord of hosts and He has armies. And what's the last line of that verse? And He must what? Win the battle. That's right. So kids, listen. God has an army. He has an, a heavenly army. And who are the soldiers in this heavenly army? Well, they're angels. And so what in the world are angels? Well, here's, here's some things we know for sure, okay? What we call angels actually go by all kinds of different names. So the word angel just means messenger, okay? One who delivers messages, but they're also called sons of God. 
They're also called cherubim and seraphim. Okay? They're called watchers. That's weird. They're called princes and principalities. They're called holy ones. They're called shining morning stars. They're called thrones and dominions and rulers and authorities. And sometimes they're even called gods. Gods. We'll come back to that in a minute. Now, where did these creatures come from? Does anyone know where they came from? Hmm? What do you think? Yeah, they came from heaven. But where did they come from, come from? God. God. He made them. They're creatures. Just like you and I are creatures. Okay? He made them. Everything that exists was made by God. Colossians says, For by Him, this is talking about Jesus, All things were created, both in the heavens and on earth, visible and invisible, whether thrones or dominions or rulers or authorities. Those are names for angels. All things have been created through him and for him. So these angels are just like you and me in one way. They are creatures just like you and I are. We didn't make ourselves. God made us. And these angels didn't make themselves. God made them. They're just creatures. They are not God. They're just creatures. But what? They are amazing creatures. What do they look like? Well, I'll tell you how they, what they don't look like. Have you ever uh, seen pictures of little fat babies with wings? You ever seen those pictures? Little fat babies with wings? Um, would any of you be, be like tempted to, would any of you fall down and tremble and be terrified if a little fat baby with, well, the wings part is pretty weird. <laughs> but no, 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 no. That's not what angels look like. Now, sometimes they just look like men. Okay? So there's a story in the Old Testament in the book of Genesis where... Some, some angels come to talk to Abraham and Sarah, his wife, and they come up and they walk up, and there's three of them, and they have dirt on their feet. And so what does Abraham do? He washes the dirt off their feet, because that's what a good host does, not that kind of host, the other kind of host, right? He washes the dirt off their feet, and he tells Sarah to do what? Make food, kill the, the fattened calf and make a bunch of bread and feed these men. And what do the men do? They eat it. But you know what? These, these aren't men. They're angels. Um, that's weird. Because these angels have feet and stomachs. And they eat the food. And it doesn't, like, fall out. You know? <laughs> They're not just ghosts. He washes the dirt off of their feet, and the water washes the dirt off, and they eat the food, and it 
goes somewhere. It stays there. This is weird. So apparently, angels sometimes at least can have bodies. Sometimes these angels look just like men. Sometimes they look like men wearing weird clothes. Like white clothes, right? Like really white clothes. Sometimes it's weirder than that. When the disciples come and see the empty tomb on Easter Sunday, kids, remember this? Let me read what happened. Behold, a severe earthquake had occurred, for an angel of the Lord descended from heaven and came and rolled away the stone. So what does that mean angels are? Really strong. Just like... And then, this is funny, and sat on top of the stone. He's just waiting for the disciples to come and see what happened, you know. He sits on top of the, on the stone. And it says this, His appearance was like lightning, and his clothing as white as snow. It says the guards shook for fear of him and became like dead men. Sometimes they're weirder than that. I want to read to you one of the weirdest descriptions of what angels look like in the whole Bible, okay? And kids, are you ready for weird? You ready for weird? Okay. Ezekiel chapter 1. As I looked, behold, a storm wind was coming from the north, a great cloud with fire flashing forth continually, and a bright light around it, and in its midst, in the middle of it, something like glowing metal in the middle of the fire. Within it, there were figures resembling four living beings, and this was their appearance. They had human form. Each of them had four faces and four wings. Their legs were straight and their feet were like a calf's hoof. Right? The, the foot of a cow. That's weird. And they gleamed like burnished bronze. Under their wings, on their four sides, were human hands. As for the faces and wings of the four of them, their wings touched one another Their faces did not turn when they moved, each went straight forward. As for the form of their faces, each had the face of a man, and all four had the face of a lion on the right side, and the face of a bull on the left, and all four had the face of an eagle. Can you picture this? Such were their faces. Their wings were spread out above. Each had two touching another being and two covering their bodies. And each went straight forward. Wherever the spirit was about to go, they would go without turning as they went. In the midst of the living beings, there was something that looked like burning coals of fire, like torches darting back and forth among the living beings. The fire was bright and lightning was flashing from the fire. And the living beings ran to and fro like bolts of lightning. Now that's weird. It's amazing. These angels are powerful and majestic and strong. 
And when people see them, the people are terrified, right? Would you be terrified if you saw something like that? Do you remember what it says in Luke 2? The multitude of the heavenly host and the angel of the Lord comes and speaks to the shepherds, and they were what? Sore afraid. They were so afraid that it hurt. Have you ever been so afraid that it hurt? Has anybody ever been so afraid that it hurt? If you and I saw these angels, that's exactly what we would do. We would be terrified. They're glorious, they're majestic, they're powerful. And because they're glorious and majestic and powerful, when people see angels, sometimes they're just so amazed that they are tempted to worship them. When the Apostle John saw an angel, even, even the Apostle John, right? He was tempted to worship this angel. It says in Revelation 22, When I heard and saw... I fell down to worship at the feet of the angel who showed me these things. But he said to me, Do not do that. Stop it. I am a fellow servant of yours and of your brethren, the prophets, and of those who heed the words of this book. Worship God. You see, Good angels, holy angels, angels who serve God like they were made to, they would never want you to worship them. They want you to worship God. But here's the thing, kids. There aren't just good angels. There's also bad angels. Evil angels. Fallen angels. Angels that hate God and that hate everything good. And these bad angels love it when people worship them. If that angel that John saw was a bad angel, and John fell down to worship that angel, you know what that angel would say? Yep, bring it on. That's what bad angels do. Remember how I said a minute ago that angels are sometimes called gods in the Bible? Well, the angels that are called gods are the bad angels that the pagan nations of the world worshipped. How many of you have heard of the god Zeus? Have you heard of the god Thor? Don't think of the stupid movies. Have you, have you heard of the god Apollo? Or Athena, that's a goddess. How about Baal, Molech, Allah? Most grown-ups today, kids, most grown-ups today think that people who worship other gods just kind of made them up. You know? They just made them up. Not, there's nothing there at all. They just made them up. 
They think those gods are just make-believe. They don't really exist. But that's not how the Bible talks about these gods. The Bible tells us that these gods are real. They're not at all like the one true and living God who made everything, because they're creatures, just like you and me, but they are real. Psalm 86 says this, There is no one like you among the gods, O Lord, nor are there any works like yours. It says that he takes his seat in the council of the gods. Psalm 96 says, Tell of his glory among the nations, his wonderful deeds among all the peoples, for great is the Lord and greatly to be praised. He is to be feared above all gods. For the gods of the peoples are idols, but the Lord made the heavens. These gods of the nations, they're bad angels. They love to have people worship them. They even demand that people offer their children to them. In the Old Testament, even God's people, the people of Israel, worshipped false gods. It says in Jeremiah 19, the houses of Jerusalem will be defiled because they burned sacrifices to all the heavenly host and poured out drink offerings to other gods. You know what it says they also did, the people of Israel? There's a god named Moloch, and Moloch is, a, is an evil fallen angel. And you know what Moloch likes? Moloch likes little babies. He's a very bad God. He doesn't protect little children. He likes to take them. And so the people of Israel would actually offer their children to this God. And they would die. This is what these gods are like. They're bloodthirsty. They're selfish. They're wicked. And in the New Testament, God still warns us not to worship the angels. <laughs> Even today. So in Colossians, he says this, Let no one keep defrauding you of your prize by delighting in self-abasement and the worship of the angels. Watch out. Don't let anyone trick you into worshiping angels. So remember, what the angel said to the Apostle John, do not worship me, worship God. Okay? You all got that? Now, what do good angels do? Well, you remember what the word angel means. What does the word angel mean? Huh? Messenger. Okay, so sometimes angels deliver messages. That's one of the things they do. That's what they're doing in Luke 2. All right, the angel comes and gives them a message, the shepherds. And then remember how earlier the angels had come and given, an angel, Gabriel, had come and given a message to Mary. You're going to have a baby. The same angel, Gabriel, comes to a man named Zechariah and says to him, your wife is going to have a baby, and his name is going to be John. And they were old, and so Zechariah didn't believe the angel. Do you remember what the angel says? This is Gabriel. And John or Zechariah was like, Really? Are you sure about that? 
this, you can't be serious, right? Elizabeth's going to have a baby? Gabriel said, I am Gabriel who stands in the presence of God. <laughs> That's how I think of it anyway. I'm pretty sure he was kind of upset about this. And then what did Gabriel do? You guys remember? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Right. For how long? Yeah, so how long is that? No. It's about six months, ladies. Don't you wish? It's nine months. It's nine months. If perchance a good angel comes and gives you a message, believe it. Well, what else do angels do? Well, sometimes they stand or fly in the presence of God, all right? Around the throne room of God. This is what it says in Isaiah chapter 6. Isaiah saw the Lord sitting on a throne, lofty and exalted, and seraphim, these are angels, stood above him, each having six wings. With two he covered his face, with two he covered his feet, and with two he flew. And one called out to the other and said, Holy, holy, holy is the Lord of hosts. The whole earth is full of his glory. There are angels, remember? Standing around, flying around, like protecting and worshiping the throne of God. Worshiping God himself. Sometimes angels guard things. When the Lord kicked Adam and Eve out of the Garden of Eden because they broke his, his covenant and broke his commandment, and he says, you can't come back here anymore, he put cherubim. These are mighty angels with flaming swords to guard the entrance back into the, to the garden. This is not a myth. This is true. So they guard things. Sometimes angels protect God's people and fight for them. There's an amazing account in 2 Kings chapter 6 about Elisha and his servant. Elisha, do you remember, was a prophet. And there was an evil king who did not like Elisha the prophet. And so he wanted to track him down and capture him and kill him, okay? And the king found out where Elisha was, and he sent his whole army to surround the city where Elisha was, just so he can get this one man, Elisha, whole army. And Elisha's servant is very afraid, because there's no one there to protect them, and there's, there's, there's no way out of this. Here's what happens. 2 Kings 6. Now when the attendant of the man of God had risen early and gone out, behold, an army with horses and chariots was circling the city. Those are the bad guys. And his servant said to him, Alas, my master, what shall we do? So he answered, Do not fear, for those who are with us are more than those who are with them. Then Elisha prayed and said, O Lord, I pray, open his eyes that he may see. And the Lord opened his servant's eyes, and he saw. And behold, the mountain was full of horses and chariots of fire all around Elisha. Who are they? 
That's God's army. They were there, but the servant couldn't see them. That doesn't mean they're not there. When God opened his eyes, he saw them. Do you know that when we worship together, like we are right now, kids, when we worship together, do you know what? There are angels here, right now, watching us worship God and joining in with us worshiping God. How do we know that? Here's what it says in the book of Hebrews, chapter 12. But you have come to Mount Zion and to the city of the living God, the heavenly Jerusalem, and to myriads of angels. That's like a multitude of the heavenly host. You've come, you've come to church. You've come to the new Jerusalem. You've come to myriads of angels, to the general assembly and church of the firstborn who are enrolled in heaven, and to God, the judge of all, and to the spirits of the righteous made perfect, and to Jesus, the mediator of a new covenant, and to the sprinkled blood which speaks better than the blood of Abel. They are here with us now. Isn't that amazing? And so listen, kids. All right? Grown-ups, you listen too. Angels are real. They're real. And they're powerful. And they're scary. And we must not worship them. And we'd better take them seriously. Now, I'm going to say one more thing. This is probably, I'm going to say a couple of more things. But this is the most important thing, I think, to know about angels. Okay? Kids, you with me? Do you know what makes angels very curious? Now think about this. What are angels? They stand in the presence of God. They watched Him make us. Okay? They stand in the presence of God. They fight for us. But there's something that makes them very curious. First Peter says that angels look at what Jesus did when he became a little baby in Bethlehem, right? They look at that because they know who he is. He's their captain. The angels see the Lord Jesus, the captain of the army of the Lord, coming down and becoming a baby. And then he grew up and died for sinful boys and girls and men and women. And the angels are just completely amazed at this. It says that these are things into which angels long to look. It's like they can't get enough of this. They, their minds are blown by this. They have to study it and, and learn about it, and they can't learn enough. They just, it just blows their mind. Our captain, the Lord Jesus, the Son of God, became a baby to save them? These meat People, you know, you're made of meat. They die, they stink, they rot, they do all kinds of nasty things. And we are glorious, majestic angels. And our Lord, God himself, 
became one of those. Blows their mind. Do you know what makes angels very happy? Jesus said, our Lord Jesus said, I tell you, there is joy in the presence of the angels of God. There is joy in the presence of the angels of God over one sinner who repents. One sinner who repents, the angels have a party. That's amazing. That should blow our minds. One sinner coming back to God, coming to God, turning away from his sin, trusting our Lord Jesus in humility. That's what makes angels happy. Weirdly enough, angels love to serve us. It says in Hebrews that they are ministering servants sent out to render service for the sake of those who will inherit salvation. And it says that they love to serve the littlest among us. Again, our Lord Jesus in Matthew 18 says, See that you do not despise one of these little ones. So he's talking about children. It's okay, look around. All you grown-ups. You see all these little ones? See all the little ones? What are we grown-ups tempted to do with little ones? What does he say? despise them. I guess, especially other people's little ones. No, just kidding. We are, we, we are very tempted to look down on them, aren't we? And to be impatient with them, and to think of them as a bother, and why do I have so many little ones? Jesus said, see to it that you do not despise one of these little ones. For I say to you that their angels in heaven continually see the face of my Father who is in heaven. I didn't make this up. Jesus said that these little ones have angels. And therefore we must not despise them. That is a warning to all of us grown-ups. Do not despise your children. They have angels watching them. They have angels caring them. For them, and these angels are in the presence of God. These majestic, magnificent, glorious beings care for your children. They love the humble. If you notice in the Bible, uh, angels never appear to proud people. Never. Shepherds, prophets, Abraham, Sarah. They love the humble. They love to serve us, protect us, and fight for us. But remember, the evil fallen angels love to tempt us and hurt us and fight against us. And so the Bible says our struggle is not against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the powers, against the world forces of this darkness, against the spiritual forces of wickedness in the heavenly places. That's all true and terrifying. And we are to take on the armor of God to protect ourselves against them. So, 
If you have decided that these magnificently evil creatures are not real, then they will have no trouble with you. How do you stand against something that you don't think is real? But we are Christians. We are Christians. We believe that this is the Word of God and that it is eternally true. Every last word of this is eternally true. Don't be embarrassed, grown-ups, by the weird stuff. You have a choice to make. Either you're going to embrace the whole Bible, right? The whole thing. Even the weird stuff. Especially the weird stuff, because the weird stuff is the good stuff. You're either going to embrace this all and say, yeah, Jonah and the whale, absolutely believe that. Yep, walk, Jesus walked on the water, of course. That's what the Bible says. Uh, donkey talked, yeah, that's weird. Sun stood still, no one got that one. That's weird. But it's in the Bible, this is the word of the Lord, it is eternally true. Are you going to believe it? Are you going to be embarrassed when people think you're weird? If you're embarrassed when people think you're weird because you believe weird stuff, you can no longer be a Christian. All right? If you're a sinner here this morning, I mean, we're all sinners. If you're a sinner who's, not, who's never repented or who needs to repent, why don't you do that right now? Why don't you do that right now? And you know what'll happen. Angels will rejoice. This is amazing. This is amazing. Let's pray. Dear Father, we, we pray that you'd make us honor and trust and believe your word. And never be judges above it, over it, but let it always stand above us and judge us. Let us humble ourselves underneath you. We thank you for these mighty beings that you made to serve us. This is mind-blowing. Help us never to worship them, but we do thank you for them. And we pray in Jesus' name, amen.